Hey everyone, Matt Johnson here. Before we get into the latest episode, I want to mention the Certified Listing Agent course from Pat Hyben's Rebus University. Our own Jeff Cohn is one of the featured agents in the course. Jeff and seven other top agents sat down with Pat and went through their entire listing presentation start to finish and gave all their best tips and tactics. These are the guys closing 85% or more of their listing appointments. So if you're looking to up your game or you just want extremely high quality training material for your team, check out the Certified Listing Agent course at rebusuniversity.com. Just use Jeff Jeff's last name, Cone, C-O-H-N, at checkout to get a hundred bucks off. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market, featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast. We've got an amazing guest with us today, and this is an episode that's focused on the operations side. So if you're an operations manager, a marketing director, or especially if, uh, if you are, of course, a rainmaker who's having to do it all, who's wearing multiple hats, and you really want to get the operations side of your business together to make the next jump, uh, and anyone that has any type of admin role within a top real estate team, this episode is for you. So we've got a great guest, like I said, we've got Lori Little here from California and we're going to talk to her about some of the real struggles and, and frustrations and ongoing projects and, and how she uh, deals with the role of operations manager in the role of her 50-50 partnership with her team. And as always for these episodes, we're joined by our operations manager in our flagship Omaha office. This is the number one office, uh, number one team in the entire state of Nebraska, Kevin McGowan. Kevin, what's up, man? Hey, Matt. How's it going? Very, very good. Good, uh, good. All right. So, uh, so then we're going to bring in our special guest, Lori Little. Lori, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. Good, good. All right. So, uh, so first of all, Lori, break down a little bit for me where you guys are and who else is on your team with you. Okay. Um, so um, I'm Lori Little, and I work for a brokerage, PMZ Real Estate, in Northern California. We're in the San Joaquin County um, area, based out of Manteca. Been, um, it's a smaller agriculture community. Um, and on my team, I have a 50-50 partnership with my business partner, Lori Adams. And over the years, um, currently we're at, there's four, of it, four agents that are working and Lori and I are included in that number. And we work with a um, transaction coordinator, a listing coordinator. We have a business manager that's kind of sees oversees everything and okay then um we also have um a client care coordinator which would be like the isa yeah and that, that's one of the interesting things that came up um the first time that we spoke is that person they're almost like a hybrid role so they're they're doing both like lead scrubbing or lead generation as well as actually speaking with clients right correct we kind of have them they're, they answer the phone when the phone rings. Um, so they're our receptionist. There are client care coordinators talking to our clients as, as they come in and then they're scrubbing leads, working on different ways. And we've got them involved in even with some of the marketing side of the lead generation, just because they come up with some great ideas working within the, we use Boomtown 
So working within the system of Boomtown, there's some things that they're in there every single day that they've been able to come up with some really great ideas for that. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So talk to me a little bit about kind of how you guys structure with it being a 50-50 relationship with your partner, Lori Adams, the Lori's. Um, so you guys are both still semi-active in terms of still working with clients and explain to me kind of how that works and how you break down who, who handles what part of the business. Well, I, I have to say um, initially starting off, it was a, it, it was a struggle for us because neither one of us either wanted to give up a role or we wanted um, we didn't want the other person to feel like we weren't pulling our end of the weight. So, um, but naturally Lori's more um, creative marketing, things like that. I'm more um, number crunching, financial um, tracking, that sort of thing. So we've started that, that process. Um, we're still working on it. I mean, it's always, it's always a work in progress as our team grows. That's constantly changing because of new roles and new talents that we bring in. We're really trying to focus on what are the talents of the people that we have working for us. Yeah. So, but in a nutshell, tracking and numbers operator side is me, um, more the, um, she doesn't, the training side, um, management side would be more, um, with Lori Adams. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. Where the potential like for, for conflict with 50-50 partnerships obviously is, is in the decision making, especially on where to where to lay out money. And a lot of that comes down to lead generation and things like that. So do you guys sit down with a budget together and, and she gets your feedback in terms of the number tracking and then she gives you her ideas and then you try to meet somewhere in the middle and compromise on what you both want to do? Or do you kind of, are you guys so aligned that you kind of you know, that you tend to go in the same direction anyway, and it's just a matter of like how much to spend. Yeah, you know, we've been working together for 10 years, um, even before partnering like this. And um, I mean, in the resale world, we were working together in a new home community. So we have the opportunity to work together and really learn from each other and understand one another at that point. And that helped us as we were starting our team and, and working together building a new business in the resale world. So I would say for the most part, we're aligned. We might have some um, disagreements or, you know, somebody has to sell whatever they're doing to the other partner. Um, but for the most part, we stay with, within in that line. Um, I know Lori trusts me on the, on the financial side to be able to say, hey, wait, I think we better look at these numbers. Um, as for writing the budget, we're, that's the work in progress for us. We've got a general... We're not we're not down to the micro level of the budget. We're kind of more of a macro level, um, mm. but we're, that is one thing that that's really a big thing for us this year to work on um, as we're making a lot of our decisions moving yeah, into um, 2017. Yeah, and Kevin, that's something we haven't really talked about on the show. So, have, just for yeah. yourself and and for tracking stuff for for Jeff to help to help you guys make good decisions. How are you tracking budget stuff? Is it all just part of the? It's not part of the master database, um, right? Well, if we if we talk purely just leads and lead sources, then we do have our ROI tracker built into our master database. So anything that we're paying X amount of dollars out to get a lead back, um, you know, we're we're tracking that and making sure that it's got you know some sort of positive ROI on it. And you know, it's something that we keep track of 
Um, technically, it's supposed, it's supposed to be every month. Admittedly, a couple of months go by, and it's a little bit more like once a quarter, where we'll update that ROI tracker, input the numbers that we need to. Half of it is manual. Half of it is automatically pulling from the numbers that we're already tracking. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're always just kind of constantly evaluating that, seeing how our lead sources are going. We're always making sure that our lead sources are getting at least you know about six months of time before we make any real decisions with them. Um, but uh, so that that's how we're tracking anything for the lead sources. Um, otherwise, we'll also sit down. We'll we'll do things like budgets for our full admin staff. Um, our admin staff is pretty much fully funded by our broker fee that we charge on our team here for Omaha. Um, so that includes you know our, both of our transaction coordinators, client care coordinator, marketing assistant, and so on. Uh, so we're always you know just tracking to see you know what our budget is for what we're collecting off of those transactions per how how much we're. Uh, paying all of our admin staff and and know and that allows us to know if we can hire uh, a new person or not if we have the budget for it. So a lot of that's just kind of sitting down um, in terms of sitting down with Jeff and tracking that budget together. Um, like I said, probably about once a quarter is about as often as we do that and just kind of keep keep our tabs on it. So. Did we lose Matt? I think we might. Oh, now he's back. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you uh, guys use a certain software for for tracking, like the you know P and Ls, or just the the overall budget for the team? Um, and P and Ls are uh, the obviously the official one is from our accountant. Um, but we do. Uh, I mean, honestly, we're just kind of spreadsheet junkies, and you know, we'll hang out and and Google Forms, and you know, just have stuff that we share. Uh, and collaborate with together. So as we make changes, we both obviously have the most up-to-date sheets. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, nothing crazy software-wise. I mean, really, the numbers are pretty simple. It's just how much are you making versus how much you're paying out, and you know things like that. Um, and then same with our lead sources too. You know, how many leads are being generated versus you know what our GCI GCI is per lead source, um, and so on. So. At, at the current time, we haven't ran into any junctures where, you know, we haven't gotten the numbers that we're after and we felt like we need to, you know, implement a new piece of software or pay for something or something like that. So. Gotcha. Okay. And, and quick question for you, Lori. So on the broker fee side, do you guys charge anything, buyers, sellers, either one? Um, we do. Um, you mean we charge the agents that work with us? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, we have yeah, a split. Yeah. So, yeah. We have clients. a split. Um, yeah. Okay, we have a split with our agents that work for us, um, and that's you know to to help co cover the costs of um, all the marketing that we do as as the team and and that sort of thing. As for clients, we do not charge a um, fee to our clients if if there's we absorb any of those costs. We've taken it as a cost of doing business. Sure. Yeah, and that yeah that's that's more of the typical approach. The the broker fees are definitely a niche thing. Um, and some people feel like they can't charge them. I, I, I would have guessed that too until I ran across Jeff and, and they charge broker fees on both the buy and sell side in a pretty conservative Midwest market where the But yeah, so it's worked for them. Obviously it worked, you know, guys like Ben Kinney up in Washington where the price point is higher. Um, they've been doing that for, for quite a while with some pretty good success. But uh, so I was just curious about that. Um, but let's talk about uh, how you manage the admin staff and kind of what your what's your day-to-day -day duties like what's your what's what's the rhythm of your day and how often you're meeting with your staff and, and holding them accountable and making sure that they're staying on track with what they need to do well um, our business manager is who we actually hired to um, 
to do our online, our, our regular meetings with our clients. I'm sorry, my phone rang, so I got sidetracked. But um, our business manager, basically, they're the ones that meet with our staff on a regular basis. So we're actually trying to meet um, monthly with them to talk about you know, what's working for you, what's not working for you, what are your goals? And um, then our, our management team, for lack of a better word, I mean, I don't really like to call it a management team, but we actually are meeting weekly to talk about um, just the things that happen every single week, the recruiting, your budget, your, um, it's not, it's an hour meeting um, to talk about those big, big deals, marketing, things like that. And then she goes out and pushes it out, works with the admin team. Lori and I come back. We're, we're back in the sales side. Um, the goal is that we work ourselves either completely out of any type of admin role, um, doing any of that, um, just more having that weekly meeting, um, or doing less sales and working in more like like me, um, probably working more operator side, whether it's 50-50 eventually all the way into the office and not selling, that'll be down the road in the future. Start to refer out some of the business that you're currently working maybe or something like that to free up more of your time? Correct. Working, you know, the, those leads that I have or my contacts would, would be worked by other members of our team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much in the same position too as you know, I'm, I'm also licensed and, you know, can help people buy and sell if I, if I choose to. Uh, unfortunately, with a lot of our, just basically with what our positions are and all that kind of stuff and what I have the time for uh, anymore, I've got to just kind of refer that out as, you know, to sell, I would have to do that on nights and weekends. And I do kind of enjoy my nights and weekends. So, uh, so yeah, I kind of have a couple of quick designated people uh, that I go to on my team if, you know, if it's a really close friend or, you know, somebody, you know, directly in my family, then I'll still definitely make that happen. But anymore, that, that's kind of the struggle too is, you know, if, if you are a licensed agent who, you know, what are you first, an agent who's doing admin stuff or an admin person who's doing agent stuff? Uh, and then how do, you, how do you split your time? How do you, how do you make that work for uh, pretty much everybody that's involved in that? So, yeah, that's always been interesting. Yeah, and, and to... To be honest, as we're talking about that, that's been one of our um, toughest areas. That's that's a bit of struggle um, mm -hmm. for us as we're going through this and, and really working on saying, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. This is somebody else's job or I'm whether it's the, on the sales side or something that, that comes into the admin side. And we're constantly redefining those roles, um, and like I said, as the team grows and as we add different talents to the team. So it, um, it evolves every day. And oh, yeah. I think we're coming to, um, we're getting to a place um, where we've got a couple other people coming on board that will help um, streamline some of this, you know, I think the larger you get that helps um, Smaller so many people have to do multiple jobs. Oh, yeah and so find, as you, Helping to define specific roles for people and you know, they're just working on that and so you can work on that or whatever Yeah, it's and it's been something that I've been doing too a lot myself in terms of as you grow and evolve recognizing what are your most dollar productive activities uh, you know, so some of the things that, you know, data entry, for example, which admittedly I still do do a little bit of that, um, but I have been offboarding that to my coordinators, um, which 
you know, who works with the data that needs to be inputted already and everything. So pretty easy transition there, but then it just allows me to continue to work on kind of a little bit more of the higher level stuff or continuing to build out uh, the business and all that. So. Right. I just think as long as people understand that it changes as they grow. I mean, we started off at two, we're at eight right now. And, um, you know, that knowing that those, you have those ups and downs and you have to come back and you have to relook at it because you can't keep it the same. That's the one thing that's for sure is it doesn't stay the same. It will change. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's basically as deals grow and that's kind of what, what we experienced too with our flagship Omaha team. You know I mean? The more agents that we had, obviously the more deals, the you know more demand for staff and so on and so forth. Um, so you get to have a lot of fun recruiting and finding the right talent, especially for your, your uh, admin members and things like that too, which, which is what I oversee. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, I've kind of noticed similarities too between admin staff and agents in terms of crossover. You know, you just always kind of keep your eye out, you know I mean? Somebody that, you know, maybe you work uh, a deal with on the other end uh, might be somebody that's good um, for recruiting too, just in terms of their organization and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, likewise, what I said too about, you know, like what we do in terms of charging broker fees, the more transactions we do, we're able to get more broker fees, have a larger budget to continue to add people to our staff as we grow and need it. And currently we've never actually experienced a surplus for our budget for that. We've always had just the right amount of admin staff. So we'll see if we ever get to that point, you know, how we choose to reallocate those funds if we need to, or if we just kind of hang on to it. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it's not, it's not Jeff's, Jeff's motive is not to turn admin into a profit center. It's just to keep right. on like scaling up with more people in advance of the needs. So you're always a little bit overstaffed, right. which, which is a good, it's a really good position to be in if you have the revenue to cover it. So yeah. Lori, talk to me a little bit about, uh, I want to go a little bit more into the, just the struggles uh, or the difficulties and the challenges of being an operations person, especially with still having a, you know, a, a kind of a foot into the agent side. So, I mean, on a daily basis, like, how, how do you get, how do you relate to to your partner and bring her the information that, that she needs to understand you kind of what you're dealing with? Because uh, when you're, because I deal with this all the time, both with Jeff and with my my podcast co-host, who's my business partner and other things, the the super high D hard charging, the the sharks that are, they're always on the move, they're idea machines, and you have to be the one that, you know, it, it's it's tough to sometimes be the bad guy where you say, yeah, I get that you've got like 10 great ideas, but really only one of two of those are great ideas that we can actually implement and do. So what, what's your approach? How do you work with Lori Adams on a daily basis to actually narrow those things down into things that you can actually implement and then work on? Oh, that's a fabulous question. I'd love to have her as a fly on the wall in here. Um, you know, it, sometimes it works out really good and sometimes it doesn't. Um, we have a lot of difficult conversations and um, a lot of heated emotions at times. But the one thing um, that we both know is that we're on the same page and we're after the same goal and that's to be successful as a company. And it goes both ways because um, obviously person, so she comes up with phenomenal ideas. Um, you can't do it. And I'm more a structure function person. And sometimes that idea stuff just sets me over the edge because my mind is just going like, how the heck do that? Now we have 15 million more things to do. And, um, and then the financials, a whole nother side. So usually it has to come out. We have to talk about it. Um, 
whether we agree or disagree for a minute and both of us go back to our own places and have some time to think, um, then we usually come back. Sometimes it requires some processing um, or there's an idea that she has and then maybe I might say, okay, what if we did this or how can we adjust the numbers? Um, vice versa, you know, if I'm coming in and I'm being tied on something with the numbers, just, you know, kind of strong headed on something, you know, coming back with a different approach. And um, the biggest thing is knowing that you have to be able to have those conversations. And sometimes you want to tiptoe because you know, oh, they're not going to like this response, but you have to have those conversations. Because if you don't, and if you don't have some of that disagreement, you don't go any further. And um, you were going to talk to me about some um, things that have helped us in that five dysfunctions of a team. Um, book that we read and I don't remember who wrote it um, off the top of my head but that was a really good book for the two of us to read and it's a fable and, and stuff like that but you can roll in that book and you can see how and why your position is important and also how you interact with others is important so we kind of use that and kind of make light of it but conversation sometimes yeah that's perfect I, I think that's a great I mean, I, I can't recommend that book anymore. I mean, anytime that's asked of me, I mean, just in terms of overall scope and uh, Patrick Lencioni, uh, the author there of uh, The Five Dysfunctions. And uh, man, it's a fantastic book of just being able to take yourself out of that picture, see the different roles from an outside perspective and how everything all kind of works in conjunction with each other. It's just a fantastic book. And we've had our entire, re our entire team read it and we've, we do a book club uh, every two months and we've actually had that come through twice uh, now to, to read that just because it's such a good one. And, you know, we hire and recruit new agents and, you know, they need to be on that same page too. So. All right. So, uh, so Lori, talk to me a little bit about uh, like how you kind of manage projects within your admin team and, and for yourself in terms of the, the new things that you're working on for the team and kind of installing in the business. Do you try to limit that to a certain number of projects or is there just a, a maybe a way or, or a software that you use to track all the different projects that you have going on so you can kind of keep everybody on the same page? Well, that's been a work in progress for us as well. Um, as we've grown, um, we've, we were working with like a do doing done board. Um, you know, what is it, all the things that I do, what are you in the middle of and what have, um, what have you completed? So you can keep track of that. <clears throat> then kind of went away from the boards because we wanted the space on the walls for other things um, and started using Trello, which you can have on your phone, on your computer. And that's basically a do doing done board and you can have multiple people involved in that. But I have to say, as the team, we just to um, a board that we're posting up so everybody can see it. Um, we have some things that might be completed still on the electronic side with the um, Trello area. But um, our business manager is th the one that kind of takes the lead in those processes. And we had multiples going on at one time, and we came back and said, you know, we're not big enough to have that many because you start taking people off of what they're doing and you don't get anywhere. So we're trying to focus on what's the most important and only have one or two processes that we're working on at a time. So people were, some people were just getting inundated with projects and, and you just weren't going anywhere fast, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's such a, um, there's so much great information. And when you're involved in things like this, you know, 
we're on information overload um, with podcasts and seminars and the internet and everything that we have that's right at our hands. Um, you know, you always have these great ideas, but it's like, what's the most important? You talked about income producing activities. What's the most important that's going to help us today? And um, trying to prioritize those rather than just kind of flying off like a rocket, because that's how we started is flying off like a rocket. And we had to come back and say, wait, what's the most important? Sure. Yeah. And so if I, if I followed you correctly in terms of your process, you went from board to Trello to back to board or still kind of some Trello in there too? Well, we do have some Trello in there and mainly what we were talking about the Trello now that we're using the board again is more when we're in the process for tracking um, the items that we're doing that pertain to that specific process. So but the idea tracking, like I'm tracking at a high level using the board and then detail level on the Trello board. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. I do something similar where I have like <clears throat> yearly goals, 90 day goals, like literally on post-it notes, but then the actual projects that get me to the goals are, um, are in Trello and everything has, you know, the, the, the individual checklist items, and then I can assign them to various members of the team and things like that. That helps me just like mentally. I even had to put, I even had to put a big like what I call the big board or whatever, or some special projects or something like that, where I have all the like opportunities that are kind of like on the back burner, just to try to keep track of all the stuff that I'm not actively working on right now, but I would like to. Uh, I mean, there's just there's there's so much stuff mentally to keep track of. You have to have that whatever that second brain is for you, whether it's Evernote or Trello or whatever. But it's nice to have something where other people can get involved and they can uh, they can have checklists and things within that. So uh, so let's talk about the systems. Um, uh, and processes side of things for your team. So, I mean, do you have, or are you working on developing kind of systems and checklists for ev- for everything in the business? Like, how far are you guys along in that process? Yeah, we're that's that's the goal is to you know have basically anything that we do is a process, and it's funny because um, that was a hard thing you know with Lori Adams because um, she's not a process person. She's She's a free spirit um, and creative person. And so the process, but, but it's interesting to hear her talk now. Um, and she's very into the processes, you know, what, when are we going to have the process for this? And, um, but, you know, we've got a, uh, a, we've got a listing process when we go out to take a listing, that's before we meet with the client. Once we've met with them, um, when it goes onto the market, what do we do if it goes pending? What do we do if it, um, is pulled temporarily off the market. We do a price reduction. And then same with once we're in escrow, we've got a process for referrals, process for open houses. Um, so those, those so, current processes are those, what form are they in? Are they like in like a flow chart or checklist or um, just kind of written out or bullet pointed or something like that? Um, well, we've got both the bullet point one on, on some of them that are maybe not handled on a, on a regular basis, but like, let's say for the instance, the open house process, there's some of it that is in, we do have a transaction management system that we use. And so almost every process that I mentioned to you right there is in our transaction management system. So if we're going to do a price reduction, we go in and we, you know, drop down and hit the price reduction and um, then it comes up with a list of tasks and it has a date and a timeline of when those are supposed to be completed and who it's, who is responsible for it. 
And um, so they get an email to know, you look in there to see what your tasks are. Most of the tasks are done um, or completed by the admin team, but there are some that the agents are responsible for too. And what system yeah, is that? Awesome. Um, we're using real excuse me was that a software program that you used to kind of yeah we're using okay. realty commander realty commander okay gotcha gotcha yeah that's a, that's i think that's where a lot of teams struggle with is like they hear you know everything needs to be systematized there needs to be a process for everything but then they struggle with actually implementing that because they're like like what where do I even start? Like, do I build Excel spreadsheets? Is it all Google Docs? Um, which is kind of like, Kevin, that's how our team in, in Omaha, the flagship office in Omaha, you built everything uh, for the most part around Google Apps and Google Docs and spreadsheets, right? Yeah, definitely heavy yeah. into Google Drive. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. basically just an intranet that we created for the team that has pretty much everything that they'll ever need for agent-wise to do their transactions smoothly. Uh, paperwork and you know yeah and that's uh, that's the way when I was at, um, yeah when I was at viral marketing that they started off that way and then they moved everything over to uh, there's like Google has an internal wiki uh, system that you can actually build your own almost an internal Wikipedia uh, so okay. they moved to that they've been really happy with that that's another option uh, for people out there to check out I haven't moved to that so all, all of my stuff like Kevin is on uh, Google Apps Google Docs for my internal team um, for the marketing stuff and that's that's worked for us everything like all of our processes are in Google Docs what I did find though is that it is not enough like I have to constantly go back and monitor and make sure that the process are, at, are actually being followed and do a quality review and, and we're always finding little things where people will get used to the checklist as it is and then they stop using the checklist and then eventually one of those things will kind of fall off mentally and I have to keep going back and hey let's get back to the process get back to the process so how do you kind of how do you monitor that Lori on a, on a weekly or quarterly or monthly or whatever basis just to kind of make sure people are following it make sure that the processes are actually useful like in a format where they're actually usable to them and make sure make sure that the quality level is high yeah um, I wish I could tell you that we have a specific time frame and how we we do that um, we did just redo one of our, like our escrow process. And, and one of the reasons we didn't redo it, we kind of honed it in. And um, basically it's, it's off of what you're saying. We found that there were holes that were being met. We were seeing that some tasks were sitting out there showing um, that they were being completed late or not being completed at all. And so the business manager is to help with that, um, you know, trying to, trying to keep those in check. But um, what we found that we also needed to do is almost go back in that process and be more specific because it was more, it was maybe too general in there. Like, how do you respond to that person? When do you call? And who's the person that's calling? Because we found that maybe the transaction manager was doing the information, but it wasn't being disseminated back to the client like we thought it was. So um, together, whoever's responsible for it, try and little um, or tweak those little errors so you know if you haven't finished your tasks. Awesome. 
All right, so let's, um, and there's there's a resource that I can mention on that that was really helpful to me. It's called Scale by Jeff Hoffman, and he goes into that. He could, Kevin, you asked a great question, like, for the processes, like, what's what's the format? And he gives in that book, um, he brings out about how that's, that's where a lot of people struggle, and uh, he gives a bunch of options for different formats that your processes or systems can kind of live in. Uh, so Google Docs may not be right for you um, or your team or maybe stuck in something else, you know, legacy systems or whatever. Uh, but he gives a bunch of different options in that book. It's a really, really great book. And then, of course, the E-Myth uh, is a great, just a mind. If you haven't already made that mindset shift of installing systems in your business and you need to go back and understand more about what that concept is, that's a great one. Uh, and then, obviously, the five dysfunctions of a team. So that kind of answers the question of what you know, what resources would be would be helpful to operations people that are that are in your positions. So I want to make sure that I mention those. Um, well, let's close it out with this. Um, I want to make sure, Lori, that we get another mention of kind of exactly where you're at so people know where to send referrals and then how do they contact you to send referral to you. Okay. Um, yes. So I am, again, I'm located in the San Joaquin County area, Northern California. We're about an hour south of Sacramento. Um, the town that I'm specifically in is Manteca, but we work the Stanislaus and the San Joaquin County market. So if you have any referrals coming out, you know, you can give me a call um, on that. And if it's not an area that I work or um, don't really specialize in, wouldn't be um, a great fit for you, then I can probably get you another name of an agent and would be happy to do that. Um, the best way to uh, reach us is giving us a call. At, our number is 209 607 9606 and um, that would come into our client care coordinator and he'll either forward you to one of us agents or help you um, get everything taken care of from there. Awesome. Cool. And Kevin, you want to share briefly kind of the, the admin workshop because I think that's really pertinent for the audience for this particular episode. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, once a month we host an admin workshop. It's in conjunction with our full team building workshop too. So if you have a team leader and some admin that want to come out for it, um, it works both simultaneously uh, side by side, which is great. But essentially, it's a full all day workshop. Um, so you can expect it to be at least, you know, I'd say eight to 12 hours. Um, but for $1,000 per admin member, um, you fly into Omaha, you sit down with our flagship Omaha team, um, and then either myself and or our success manager, Andy Cuny, who, you know, he kind of handles a lot of the agent side of things holding them accountable, one-on-ones, you know, so on and so forth. Um, some people cross over between being the ops manager and that success manager. So depending on the topic, you'd either be spending time directly with myself or Andy. Um, but it's an all-day event, uh, lots of great topics, basically the, the, the top 10 topics that people want maybe a little bit more knowledge on or just want to see how we cho have chosen to systematize ourselves and how we run our admin staff and all that uh, good stuff. So it's, it's all-day. Um, you can come out with a team leader or just yourself individually, totally up to you. And you can find out more about it at EliteRealEstateSystems.com and go to our workshop area link at the top of the menu bar. Yeah, and just a quick word on the registration part. So if you check out all the dates there, once you choose a date, then you can drop down and you can see and you can add in, you know, two or three admin members to that workshop from there. And if you've already come to the regular team building workshop and you just want to send 
different staff or admin staff or something, just reach out to to us. Um, Kevin at EliteRealEstateSystems.com is a great contact just to, just to talk to you directly because um, we'll work out something else. If they've already come through the team building workshop and now they want to send admin separately, uh, we'll figure out how to, how to do that for you. So, But with that, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Lori, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. This is exactly what I had in mind. Yes, thank you, Lori. Good. Thank you very much for having me. All right. And everybody else, so much. Go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Check out the workshops. Check out the expansion if you're interested in partnering with us to grow your team. Or if you just want to check out the other editions of the podcast, especially, I mean, we've ever interviewed and masterminded with some of the top people on the operations side of things. The very first operations episode we did was with the uh, the head guy for Utah's number one team, uh, the, the Stern team. And so we've had some amazing guests just for the operations episodes of, uh, of our podcast here. So be sure to check that out. And uh, until the next edition, we will see you guys later. And uh, thank you so much, guys.